Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Good evening. You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another exciting episode of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Dana Mark. It's Six Man Dean Geronimo. And man, it's hot up here in New Jersey, feeling like 104 degrees. But as always, from NJ to NC, I'm in the studio with my right-hand man, Mark Lee. So, Mark, tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother. Well, you just said the magic word, hot. Hot, it is here as well. I tucked on my temperature at 5 o'clock, two hours before getting on the air with you, and the temperature uh-huh. said 95 degrees, but feels like 109. And I was just out there grabbing oh. a very late lunch, and it felt like 109, 110, 115. It just felt <laughs> hot. Because, you know, once you get past a certain level of hot, that's all you can do is just say, it's hot. And that's all you can say yeah, is, it's hot. Uh, you know, but I, I'm glad to say that I saw... Quite a few folks who are out there doing what they're supposed to do. They were masking up and doing all of that stuff that folks are asking folks to do. So they were trying to, you know, protect us from some of these things that we're in the middle of this whole pandemic and everything. So I was glad to see that. Of course, we do have some stubborn folks out there that you can tell them all day long to do right and do what they're supposed to do. And they're not going to do right no matter what you tell them to do just because they're stubborn and they're ignorant. And I got a couple other words that I could use for them, but they don't want to be doing the right thing. But for the most part, right. I saw quite a few folks that were wearing the mask and doing their be doing the uh, mayor of Raleigh just announced earlier today that uh, if you want to get your drink on, you gonna have to get it on before 11 o'clock because <laughs> I think the grocery stores, the bars, and a lot of other institutions are not supposed to be serving any drinks between 11 p.m. and I believe it is 7 a.m. So she said oh, that wow. that's one of the ways that she's gonna try to curtail things. And then I was talking to a gentleman on one of my other. Uh, platforms, the IBM.TV folks, and it was a gentleman from California, and he told me, as well as the other folks that were watching and listening, that they are about to be ready to get into a shutdown again in California, going back to like that first stage, because of what Ooh. I just said. Folks aren't listening. Folks aren't doing what they're supposed to do, and he said he went out for a walk, saw a number of people that were not wearing masks, were not keeping socially distanced, were probably not washing their hands, not doing all the things that folks have been telling them to do for months on end now. But, you know, we just got the folks in society that want to be stubborn and don't want to do right by right. folks. Right. But I got I, I know we're going to have hopefully some callers coming in and some other things. But I do have a question to ask you based on something that a friend of mine saw. They were doing, you know, trying to get their exercise in. So they were over there doing what a lot of folks do around the country. They were doing that mall walk. You know, a lot of times folks would go into the mall because it's got AC. And they were walking around the mall, a major mall here in the area. It's called South Point. Uh, but they mm-hmm. walked in there, and they stumbled across two vending machines. And one of these vending machines 
was uh, not selling uh, sodas and was not selling uh, things along that line. It wasn't even like a dispensary. I know in some parts of the country, because we do have listeners from all over the world, they might be selling some of the funny weed and some of the other things that are cannabis-related. But this friend right. of mine, this young lady, said that what she saw, and I just want to know if y'all got this in New Jersey, she saw at one of the vending machines they were selling hair. Yes, they were selling weed hair out of the vending machines. Wow. So this is what and on the other side of the vending machine, on the other side of the mall, they were selling uh-huh. eyelashes. So they, I think she sent me a picture of it. I'll have to forward it to you, put it on our page and everything. But I want to say the hair was going for like $65, $75. It was not cheap hair, but it was hair that you could, you know, put in a couple of 20s, a uh, few 20s, and maybe a $5 bill. And you, too, can walk out with hair because they had a vending machine selling hair. So I was wanting to know if you see this anywhere in uh, the New Jersey, New York area, if your wife has told you about any of these things, because this is my first time hearing about it. I mean, I got a package today from a friend of mine in California, the mailman. I asked the mailman what he thought about it. He had not heard of this. So, you know, like I said, this is something that uh, he was just amazed. He's like trying to figure out what they're going to sell next and who was doing the selling, but he was trying to figure all of that out. But I just want to know whether y'all got that going on in New Jersey, New York area that you have no. seen and that you are aware of. You know what? I haven't seen it, but it's, I, I give them props for the hustle, man, because folks are going to buy it anyway. So they say, you know what? Come on, jump through this right here. Just swipe your card, get your hair, bounce out, get your lashes, roll out. So haven't seen those, but I have seen vending machines selling masks. So... You know, it's a hustle out there for everything, man, and I'm not mad at them at all because, hey, if you could get that dollar and it's a legit hustle because if it's in the mall, you know, they're not going to have anything that's going to cause uh, an illegal controversy or anything like that. So I-, I salute whoever's vending machine it is. They had the foresight to say, you know what, why waste your time going into that um, shop when I got it right here, swipe your card put your cash in grab and go you know so I'm not mad <laughs> I'm not, not mad at either like I said they no. got that hustle going on but I am curious to see what's going to happen because you know we are in the middle of a pandemic which means a lot of stores are closing down a lot of businesses are shutting down a lot of things are being changed they're going virtual instead of having storefronts so we are seeing the whole nation kind of changing the way that we do business, the way we do commerce, the way we do a lot of things. So I'm really curious to see what other new hustles we're going to see. Because as I told my friends, I'm not going to be surprised if we don't see all kinds of things at the uh, vending machine. I agree. The malls are only going to allow certain things to happen. I mean, they're probably not going to allow you to, you know, sell illegal drugs. And they probably aren't going to allow you to sell certain things out of um like that are going to be offensive to people or things of that nature. But, you know, there are some, like, I'm not going to be surprised if, uh, i just be blunt, if Adam and Eve decides to do a vending machine of, like, some of the toys and things <laughs> in the mall, I'm not going to be surprised. Because uh, at this you point, know what? I'm not surprised nah. by anything. <laughs> I don't think they're going to let that one fly because of the nature of what they have. And, you know, they don't want the, the young ones to kind of be, you know, not that's not something for them to see right now until they get older. So, they, they probably won't go there, but I'll, you know what? I'll never say never because <laughs> you never thought you would see eyelashes and weave being sold out of vending machine either, huh? 
That's true. I definitely did not see that coming. So I don't know what might come in the future and what other things they might decide to sell that just might shock us and things of that nature. So I don't know what's going to happen on that side. I know we got some folks calling. I hear a doorbell, and that's a great thing. So we're going to get to some of our guests. But you will be glad to know because, you know, we talk about all kinds of great things. And I did say that I wanted to get me some money. And uh, my team did win on last Tuesday, so the Golden Eagles were the winners of the TBT tournament. So they okay. did win the prize. So, you know, the athletes got to split a million dollars. They spent about a million dollars in making sure that it was uh, <clears throat> clean and that it was able to be in a successful tournament. I think there might have been a few cases of uh, folks that had the COVID at the beginning that got sent home or where it had to be quarantined in one form or fashion or another. But for mm-hmm. the most part, the last two rounds, there were – no cases. So they did a great job of testing. I've got to give a big okay. shout out to John Hopkins and the other folks that were involved in the testing process. So they did prove that these things can be done in a bubble and done effectively. And my boys did win. So I was glad to see that, that they won. Nice. And I got an email from them last week, <coughs> actually the TBT folks, and they were basically just telling me that, uh, you know, keep an eye out for this week. I should be getting an email telling me how I can get from Zelly or uh, maybe Zelly will pass it on to my PayPal or whatever, but they will be sending me some small little token of appreciation for supporting my team. I think it's okay. going to be somewhere around the neighborhood of like $88, but hey, I'll take anything at this point because <laughs> every little bit helps. So like I said, when they said it, uh, just for being a fan and for watching those folks shoot the ball in the hoop and for rooting for the right team that I would get a prize, I was perfectly fine with that. So like I said, no I'm going to get a little bit of a check and I'm glad that the Golden Eagles represented and I gotta give my boys a shout out for something else that they they did. It was really smooth. So what they did is I cannot, you know, a lot of times all the teams were playing for a cause. I like whether it was um, uh-huh. whatever the cause might have been. It might have been MS. It might have been um, uh, pancreatic cancer. It might have been whatever the various causes were that are out there, and they were all playing for a cause in addition to trying to win the money for themselves. Um, the players on the Golden Eagles, they played a team called Sideline Cancer. It was raising money for some drug, folks that are fighting you know, the battle against cancer and everything. They beat the Sideline Cancer team, but, you know, they voted, and they actually decided that they were going to give a portion of their money that they won to help the folks that, you know, on the other team and their cause. Nice. I thought that, nice. that was a very noble way to handle things. You know, it's, it's all fun and games and real classy things. You know, it's all about the game, and they were glad to win the game. But then they turned around and they're like, look, these folks had a very noble cause that they were trying to honor in this thing. We wanted to show our support as well. So uh, every player there gave some money to support that very powerful cause. So I just thought that that was one of them class moves that does happen in sports. I know sometimes folks are talking about what goes on in sports and they see some of the unclass moves, but there are times that we do see that the athletes also can have a tremendous amount of class and uh, goodwill in society. So I was just glad to see that. That's true. Salute to them for doing that, man, because you know what? Uh, that's a, that's a good good look right there. Good luck. Yep, de- definitely. So did I hear some doorbells or was one doorbell or multiple doorbells? But I thought I heard some doorbells there in the house, and I just want to know who we got coming into our little party where we talk to folks and see what they're all about and what they're doing. But I know <laughs> I think I heard one. I might have heard two or three. No, but you, you, you heard three. You heard oh, three. So, yeah, so we got some folks at the door. We're going to take the first person um, right after this little commercial break. Y'all, it's Straight Talk with Dana Mark. Mm-hmm. 
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov slash sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And make sure you put on that sunscreen because right now during this heat wave, you might turn to a uh, rotisserie at 400 degrees. But thanks for calling Straight Talk with Dana Mark. Caller, area code 646, last four digits, well, last two digits, zero two. You are on the line. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hello? We got anybody there on the line? All right. We'll come back to them. We'll come back to them. We'll move on to the next one. Who else we got out there? Area code 404, last two digits, 47. Welcome to Straight Talk with Dana Mark. You're now on the line. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Hey, guys, this is Billy, the Bump It Up guy here in Atlanta, Georgia. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, we can. We definitely hear you loud and clear, Billy. Glad that you joined me. Billy was actually on one of the earlier shows, the uh, Mark Lee radio show there on IBM.TV. And Billy's got this great experiment. Dean, you will get a big kick out of this. But Billy had an experience in his life very early in his life, before he even went to college, and he's now in his early 60s. But he had this experience where somebody was kind to him and, and you know, kind of like, gave forward to him. So he turned around and he uh-huh. gave forward to somebody else. So, you know, versus, uh-huh. you know, sometimes we get these gifts and then we just like are glad to get the gifts and we don't try to like reverse the call and go out there and share, uh, share the experience of what happened with uh, the Golden Eagle players and how they went back and tried to help the folks with sideline cancer. Well, Billy had, uh, you know, that kind of experience where he did somebody that was in his community that definitely reached out to him, helped him and gave him a gift. And I want Billy to tell that story again, but now Billy's out there definitely sharing his uh, will and his ability to just kind of like pass on some real good gifts and everything because billy was even telling me are you ready for this i, I noticed it's going shocking dean but right. billy has actually given some folks cars because they needed a car okay. so billy actually has given them some cars because they needed some cars they were having some problems getting around in transportation so that's just nice. one of the things that billy's done billy's also gone out there and helped people get into colleges and help them get their education so billy is not just uh, you know, talking that talk and not really doing the action. Billy is actually doing the action. So I've done awesome. enough talking. Billy, share a little bit about what you do and how you do this whole bump it up experience and just uh, some of the ones. If you would give some more uh, solid examples, I just gave some general examples based on our conversation after the afternoon show. But just give some specific examples of some of the folks that you have helped around the world because it's not just here in the United States. You've helped people in Haiti. You've helped people in other parts of the world as well. So I would love it if you would just share your experience. Guys, I'll tell you, I'm 61 now. When I was 17, I'm from a small town in eastern North Carolina called Farmville, North Carolina. Um, Grew up on a farm, and I came home one day and happened to get the mail, and there was an envelope. And in that envelope were $2,100 bills. And on the outside of the envelope, all it said was, if you are ever in the position to do something for someone, be it of your time or money, do it without expecting anything in return. Use for college your guardian angel. Well, where I came from, we didn't really go to college. You stayed home and worked in a factory or a farm. So the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill accepted me. I got in. I went to school during the time of James Worthy, Matt Doherty, Phil Ford. 
we used to always joke about, Billy, what are you going to do when you grow up? I said, I'm going to teach her. I was a swimmer. I said, I'm going to teach her kids really expensive swim lessons. Um, but anyway, I found out um, after college, I moved to Haiti to volunteer out of a sense of gratitude. And I would come back to my hometown over the next four or five years, and people would say, oh, Bump was asking about you. We saw him at the post office, and every time I came home, I noticed people in my town of 3,000 that Bump was keeping tabs on me. And I realized in that moment after several times that Bump Humphrey, his name was Bumpus, but they called him Bump, the postmaster, was the man who gave me the money. So I flew to an event he was attending and walked up. He was up against the hedges at this event. And I looked at him, and I had not seen him in years, and the minute he saw me, he started tears in his eyes, and I walked up to him, and I said, I know you are the person that gave me the $2,000, and that covered two years of college while I worked my way through college. And he hugged me, and I had tears, and I said, because of your kindness, I will help thousands of people with my time and money, um, and I, throughout my life, from Haiti, I moved here to Atlanta, where I've been, but I've traveled all around. Um, but I have a special heart also for the people of the Caribbean throughout all the islands. I'm very passionate and involved with them in their communities. But because of that one act of kindness, it gave me a sense of, of just giving back, and it made me realize that one person can really make a difference. So at a very young, early age, I knew that I would invest in people because investing in people is where I would get my best return. And when I turned – I was nearing 50 friends that I would pull into – doing things, getting involved locally and globally, they finally said, Billy, make it bigger. Come up with an idea. And I thought, well, give me a day or two. And naturally, I thought of the bump experiment, B-U-M-P, the bump experiment is my project. It is not my passion. Uh, I mean, it is my passion. It is not, though, a 401k that you invest in. It's not a charity. It is my back pocket. And I encourage people to give of their time and money. But I'm no more impressed, guys, if you give a dollar or you give a million. If you let somebody in front of you when you're driving or you go to Haiti for three months or you spend your month volunteering, it is the simple fact that you open your heart to helping somebody in that moment. And, guys, most of the things I do, people will never know that it's me. Sometimes I will make a delivery to a door um, and pretend I'm somebody else because I just want to see the expression on somebody's face when they find out that they're having a tough time and that somebody out of the blue that doesn't want to be known, all I say is that the person who did this just wants you to know they care and that all they ask is that if you are ever in the position to donate canned goods, if you can volunteer, if you can mentor, if you can help in a community cleanup, if you can do anything. But, again, I'm no more impressed if I'll buy a new car about every eight or nine years. I'm a Subaru guy, but I can tell you I have purchased three used cars. To give to other families to put them back on their feet, and that is much better than me driving a new car. And you know, guys, a new car only lasts that new feel any, for a little while. You don't go around thinking that you're you're driving a new car. You're just thinking I'm going around to A to B. But I do believe one person can make a difference. And so the bump experiment now is global, and we keep building the movement. Um, we're in the process of going to a nonprofit though, so that I can actually because of resources help more people, but I still have my day job, and um, my day job helps me fund the bump experiment. But I can tell you I am very passionate, especially during these times. And I also tell people, though, I bump everybody. I I bump um, people who are family, friends, but my best bumps are strangers. And I do believe that 
I can't solve all the problems of the world, but I call 50 and $100 bills Band-Aids, and I can sure put a lot of Band-Aids on situations, whether it's the woman at the grocery store that I find out that um, she's not getting any checks from her ex-husband, and they, she doesn't know when she'll come back to the grocery store I was sharing with Mark. And I hung out because I was in front of those um, this family, and the two little kids said, we want to eat this, this, and this when we get home. And the mom said, we can't do that. We've got to make these groceries last all month. Well, I can tell you when it came time to pay, I sneaked or snuck right in front of her, put my charge card, and she started. She goes, what did you do? I said, I just paid for your groceries. She broke down crying. She goes, you have no idea. I go, yeah, I do. I picked up bottles on the side of the road for a nickel. I can tell you guys I still live in a home in Atlanta where it's a two-bedroom, two-bath home. Um, it's a nice home, but two bedrooms and two baths are all I need. I learned early in life to distinguish between my wants and needs, and there's a whole lot of people – um, again, I, I bump – I don't care if you got money or don't ha- have money, but I disproportionately help those who haven't always had the same equal opportunities. And I'm very passionate, especially in this day and time, um, very active with Black Lives Movement as well, of making sure that everybody has an equal opportunity because the best investment we can make is in people. And when we do that, oh, my gosh, just watch it. Um, the multiplicity happen. If I do something nice and people don't know that it's me and they do something nice, it's kind of like when people keep paying for one another in line at a McDonald's or a, a Starbucks or whatever. I love that kind of stuff, guys. I am very passionate that, that, that you know what? Maya Angelou has a quote, as humans, we're more alike than different. We just don't take the time to get to know one another. We're so busy, and especially now being so politically divided, that, gosh, guys, if we would just talk to one another, take the time to talk, that we'll find out that we both share the same joys and sorrows, and that together we can get through this. Um, oh, so anyway, I that, definitely that's agree. My I, pre- guys. I appreciate it. I definitely want to talk to you some more and have, continue the conversation. want to get on to our other guests as well. But before we get to the other guests, I just wanted to know, do you think or has the bump experiment ever tried to work within the prison environment? Because my partner in crime, Dean, actually is involved in administration in the prison system. So I was just wondering, have you had any luck with the bump experiments as far as, like, being in those kind of, like, confined environments that a lot of times people are not thinking about these as being some of the nicest people in the world? Sometimes they're thinking that they're some of the harshest people in the world. But I was just wondering, have you had any experiences directly involving folks that might be in the prison system where you have bumped it up with them? And if so, how has that gone about? I haven't directly worked, but it's interesting. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I can tell you that's at the top of my list. Um, I have made the statement many times that none of us should be regarded as a whole as our worst day. And unfortunately, many times people on their worst days have done things that they normally would not have done. And I also – and crimes vary, but I also tell people – before you judge someone, you don't know what has someone, um, what life experiences they have gone through that have put them to the brink. I can tell you that I have helped people who have come out of the system um, because many times that they cannot find jobs, both men and women. Um, I can tell you disproportionately, as, as many people know, the black community has been sentenced disproportionately for the same crimes that other people have done, and it's even harder. I don't care who you are. You can be pink, yellow, polka dot, black, or white, but when you come out of a prison system, man or woman, 
you are behind the eight ball most of the time because many people aren't willing to give you a second chance. And I can tell you I've helped people make those connections. And there are many people within communities now who hire strictly second chance um, people. And you know what? We all need a break. All need a break. There's something that many times the homeless, those who have been in prison, those who have had less opportunity, you're treated as invisible. And I tell people – I will tell you one thing, one quickly – I'm standing in line at an airport. I catch a flight. I see three kids with a family. They're going to Disney. I understand that they're kind of short on money, but they're still going to Disney. I hand the man my card that I use for my mission statement that I say if you're ever in the position to do something. And I said, sir, somebody did something nice for me. Can I give your – I call it Band-Aid money. Can I give something to your kids? I gave it to his two kids that were healthy, but his third child was between 14 and 17, highly autistic, could not talk, was in – um, braces, had his eyes set. I got down on my hands and knees. I ignored mom and dad and the two sisters, and I got down, and I talked to this young man, and I put some money in his curled hand, and I said, I hope you have a great time at Disney. This is what it was like for me 20 years ago where I went, and I ignored them, and when I looked up, all four members of that family was crying, but dad was bawling. Dad, this total stranger five minutes ago, hugged me at the Raleigh-Durham airport flying back to Atlanta and said, nobody ever speaks to my son. And I said, sir, regardless of your son's disability, he has a spirit and a soul, and nobody knows how high that spirit and soul soars. So don't you ever stop telling him you love him, including him. And I always end my – when I speak publicly, I always end with that story, and I say, folks, we don't have to have a – disability. We don't have to be homeless. We don't have to come from a prison where people think we're invisible. All of us, including me, the bump it up guy, have felt invisible at some point in time. So when you're telling me you don't have the time or the money, let me tell you this, folks. It costs you absolutely nothing to say hello, and your hello might be the only hello that person gets all day. So I will always be the advocate for the downtrodden. I do stuff for everybody, but I can tell you what. There's a whole lot of people that need it bumped up, and those are the people who haven't always been on the winning edge. But I always say it takes only one person to care, and I will be that one person. And I can tell you guys there are far more people like me out there than you hear about. We just quietly make a difference because we're not out there for the attention. We're out there like the Field of Dreams movie. You build the field, and it will come. So if we do enough acts of kindness, we can overcome anything. I do believe that. I definitely agree with you. I want to bring in our other guests as well. So I'm going to bring in uh, Sugar T, who is a uh, musician out of the uh, California area, if I remember correctly. So I want to hear what they've got to say and bring them into the conversation. Are you there with me, Sugar T? I am. How are you doing? I'm just so glad to have you on as one of our guests as well. So tell folks a little bit about what you're doing. You're actually involved in the music field and have been involved in the music field, I understand, for a while. But you're not a spring chicken in the music field, but you're still out there doing some great work. So tell folks where you're located at and what your latest project is and how you're uh, getting involved in this great musical field of hip-hop and things of that nature, but I think that you don't just do hip-hop. You do some other forms of music as well, so just share a little bit about your story and what you're all about. Oh, my God, that'll take forever to do that. I've been around for a long time, and I do quite a bit of things, so I'm going to try to sum it up (laughs) as quick as possible. So much. (laughs) So I don't even know where to start from, to be honest with you, but I do have a latest project out, which is my uh, soon-to-be-released in the course 
have different types of uh, projects. And um, I mean, I don't know. Ask me questions. I should have sent you some. Just too much. <laughs> no, that's that's no it's problem. No problem at all. <laughs> well, just talk a little bit so about I'm that sugar first. Tea. I can start here. I'm Sugar T, one of the first first lady pioneer trailblazers of hip hop. I'm a over 30 year veteran in the music game before before the newbies that that became uh, that became what they call relevant today. Um, their relevance started from our original relevance. So I'm one of those um, in the first generation hip hop and uh, paved the way for females in the game of hip hop. However, I came in the game not as an artist, I came in as an executive. So I'm a professional. I'm not one of the the ones that just do it for, uh, you know, for ego and to be cool. <laughs> it actually became a business. Um, and the business was not business that brought people down. It was a business that brought people up. So in the middle of all the 20 albums that I've recorded, um, as I'm celebrating my latest, which is my 20th album anniversary, and excuse me, 30-year anniversary and 20th album retirement celebration, um, I continue to release and produce different elements that come from my enterprise. So I have an enterprise of multiple divisions. One is a school, an online school um, that I've had for the past five years, and we um, present information from various layers, uh, from coaching, one-on-one coaching to um, automated online programs and training, as well as uh, we serve a variety of different uh, uh, populations. One is the reentry population that you spoke about earlier. Um, We definitely recognize them and provide uh, all different types of opportunities to keep them inspired and productive and uh, help them reach their highest possibility by meeting them where they are while helping them explore what they could become. Um, We also have a charity division where one of our divisions is a charity that provides social services mainly to women, helping to keep them from falling through the cracks. And then, of course, we are not opposed to serving men because we love our the man and the woman unified. We feel that it's not as powerful by any means. So it's only because I'm a woman and I've raised women and raised grandchildren. Uh, it's very important to serve women because we can relate, but also at the same time as a sister of five brothers and in a whole element of a male environment, um, I know it's very important to also make sure that our men are okay. So um, also on a Another division that is a, a, a production company for fragrance and spa and wellness and fragrance and beauty and all that stuff, cosmetics, and have multiple lines at the Sprinkle Me Boutique, Sprinkle Me Dabias, and we have a division called the Young Grandmothers Club. So, I mean, I can go on and on. I have multiple projects, books, and different types of materials that empower and inspire other people and um, as well as entertain other people, but in a way that brings them up and not down, and in a way that doesn't do the average entertainment focus that seems to have taken precedent today, and that's the constant glorification of sex, money, alcohol, drugs, violence, and stripping. 
So um, I'm going to put in the game to make sure that there is a mature voice in hip-hop, only because there's not many. And when they do, they are um, tend to not be as applauded and respected or appreciated. So I'm making sure that that I keep one in foot in the game to one because I was the first one to open the door to help others today and two because somebody got a matriarch this piece. You feel me? Oh yeah, I definitely can feel you on that and everything. So when did you first get involved in the game and um, just in your uh, give me your assessment of where hip hop started from because I know some people would argue that it started in the east coast some will argue that it started on the west coast but where is your falling on that as to how hip hop got started but I'd just like to hear some of your uh, take on how hip hop got started and your involvement in the early parts as a um, executive because like you said you started off as an executive and then you became a performer absolutely yeah, well, when you say uh, where did hip-hop start, as you said, or uh, you want yes. me to address? I'm sorry. Can you, address <laughs> can you ask yeah. me that question? Yeah, no yeah. problem. I was asking you, where, in your mind, where hip-hop started, if you would give your ideas of how hip-hop got started, and also if you wanted to comment on kind of that West Coast, East Coast divide, because I know that that divide still exists, but I was just wondering if you could talk about how you feel hip-hop got started and also your own personal involvement in the hip-hop industry. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Childhood is wanting a variety of different baked sweets and someone telling you no. Adulthood is wanting a variety of different baked sweets and being able to go right to Mickey D's to get every single one you want. (laughs) Whenever you want. Get the new glazed pull-apart donut and a 99 cents any-sized iced coffee with pumpkin spice flavor. Sweet. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Iced coffee promo available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, I've never had the um, East Coast, West Coast issue. Um, I'm sad for those who have and that they carry on in such a matter when, um, you know, there's influence on both sides and uh, we should come together as a union in hip-hop and not, you know, separating one another like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think um, that's one Go ahead. Yeah. But I don't, um, I don't ignore that there is some sort of a element that tends to um, just to kind of showcase that there may be a possibility of the separation still. Um, unfortunately, innocent people have gotten killed with that foolishness, and I'm just not against. Um, I'm totally against black on black crime and unnecessary roughness. You know what I mean? So to just come together and have that divide and have a platform that's supposed to be to express yourself and be in a position to hopefully change lives. Um, taking a leadership stand is what, you know, I kind of been able to do. And East Coast loves me. Um, I never had a problem with, I've always had support from different environments on the East Coast as well as other coasts. 
all the way through the years. Um, so although the divide is there, I don't think it's as massive as some people make it. I think there's a lot of instigation, um, you know, as always, just from for, for all different types of agendas. Um, so just to address that, that's where that is. Um, you know, I know I'm bad all by myself. I don't think that the East Coast is any better than the West Coast by any means. Um, you know, um, there's definitely a difference. Um, the West Coast, in most, I'm going to say it like this. I'm from the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, Oakland, Vallejo, San Francisco, Richmond, San Jose. So we kind of, you know, move a lot different than the industry in general, whether L.A. or whether um, the East Coast. We've always been independent, and we've always held our own, so we never really have to depend on a machine. And I do know that there's machines that have been depended on, you know, when it comes down to, um, you know, the Los Angeles and West Coast vibe in that, that area more so versus the Bay Area as well as on the East Coast vibe. There's not a lot of independent movements. I come from Thick Woody Records, so I was born into a record label. So we, we sold music and products and still do up to this, to this day. Um, you know, we sold millions of records and went gold and platinum without the help of a machine coming into the game. And when we finally did a uh, co-venture into a deal with Jive Records, um, you know, we was already set, you know what I mean? And we, we, we landed one of the biggest deals ever um, in the industry <clears throat> at that time. So um, we were never, like, intimidated by the East Coast or by, you know, no coast or no side, rather here or there, because we always were making our moves on our own, and we didn't have to depend on nobody. And one thing I do notice is that um, on the East, on other coasts and in different parts of the world in general, a lot of these machines have had to depend on, a lot of the uh, artists and talent have had to depend on machines to keep pushing them. And so um, that kind of will make people be open to doing anything that they can to survive. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I've noticed there's no limits with what they will do, you know what I mean, just to stay in the game. So, unfortunately, I've never had that problem because um, I didn't have to sell myself, sell out or do extra stuff to be seen or to be noticed or to be known because I was taught how to run and build and expand the machine out the gate, you know, for over 30 years. So, um, so that's the difference. I think that's the big difference. Definitely. And how do you think that uh, radio is doing in terms of promoting our uh, independent musicians, folks like you and folks that I know Eris represents some others as well, but how do you think that radio as an industry is doing in terms of promoting the folks that are more independent and may not be coming out of the uh, major labels? And also, how are you going to do your survival in this new COVID age that we're living in? Because we do know that that's impacting the music industry. A lot of people are not going to be doing shows. I've heard that there may not be any live shows for the rest of the year, and there's even some speculation that it might not be till 2022 that we're actually able to go to full concerts and things of that nature. So I was just wondering, uh, what are some of the ways that you are approaching getting your word out there? Well, you know, what's beautiful is because when you already have a fan base, you know, um, and this is what, what, what a lot of the, the, the newer artists have been able to capitalize off of. When you already have a fan base, you don't have to worry about that. We sold millions of albums, me and my group. The Click, just in case somebody just got on the line. I'm from the group called The Click, E-40, D-Shot, Be Legit. Our hit song was Hur- is Hurricane, most people know as a group. Hurricane, hey, you can call me Flurricane. That's one of the hit, you know, platinum albums, Sprinkle Me. Here comes the top notch, ooh, 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 here I be. 
sugar, sugar, that's my sister. So that's, you know, Sprinkle Me. So we've made multiple platinums and gold albums and continual um, progress and presence in the industry over these, you know, 30 years. Um, and we built quite an extensive fan base, you know, from, you know, today's grandmothers to their grandchildren <laughs> and their children. So one way or the other, there's multiple layers that we can reach that are solid, you know, that are solid followers, not non-organic, but they're actually organic and not based on our presence of hype. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what I've noticed is, you know, a lot of artists today are hype-branded. So they have to do fight each other. They have to start conflict with each other to get some publicity. They have to um, do different things to get attention around them, um, which, you know, that's how they got down, and so um, when this when the rah rah die down, I'm not really sure where their fan base lies, but I never had to do that. So, um, uh, so, so from an artistic standpoint and a, a, a being able to provide viral impact, again, there's so many avenues to reach people um, for streaming, for purchasing albums, for purchasing shows online. Um, I mean, it's, it's endless of the opportunity. When you say in front of the game, um, I'm all in front of technology. I've been for a long time. Like I said, I own an online school. I've had it for eight years now, so I'm not new in technology, and I program it myself, so I'm a programmer. <laughs> and I stay on top of and in front of the curve of things only because they're so – because of stuff like this. <laughs> and I've never been able to be comfortable not being multifaceted so I've always um, taught as well as uh, incorporated multiple streams of income in my movement. Um, coming from a welfare recipient, you know, when I was 16, I was a mom. So I had two children at 17. And quickly I had to, you know, I had I was on welfare at the beginning so I could complete school. And throughout the years, I used welfare to really help me get on my feet. And that was my check. So I got my check and I always built other avenues of making money. So I was an eight-year-old entrepreneur from the gate, which highlights my book called Boss Up Baby. So if anybody ever want to, you know, move into some entrepreneurship endeavors, Boss Up Baby, B-A-Y-B, Be About Your Business by Sugar T. You can get that now on Amazon or in the Sprinkle Me Boutique. Um, however, um, so I, I'm a connoisseur of, in a, in a total, um, <clears throat> a total cheer of entrepreneurship. So coming in the game again, I did it at eight years old starting, and I've had multiple businesses and opportunities and different situations that kept me always hustling and making moves around that. So with COVID, this is just a new a new opportunity for me to just – I just added more things to my plate to, to move on that I already was familiar with. Um, it never slowed me down, and I don't really travel like that anyway by choice because – my business is virtual, and it's been like that for years. So um, I've always had other things going on that was automated and moved at the extent of, you know, while I'm asleep, <laughs> I get a check. Can you feel me? So nothing has impacted me. Matter of fact, I've got more blessed than ever during COVID. Um, then I'm over here producing. I'm a producer, so I'm producing TV and film, and i got a movie I'm producing right now, two documentaries. Um, my problem is I got so much to do. <laughs> I'm trying not to hurt myself, to be honest with you, because there's opportunity everywhere. 
Oh, well, I've got two questions for you. One is, have you ever had an experience like Billy had where somebody just mysteriously gave you some money and you didn't know where the money came from, but you were just glad to get that blessing? And then I was going to ask both of you, how do you cope with dealing with these kind of environments? Because both of you are very busy folks, and there are only 24 hours in the day. So I'm sure a lot of folks that are listening are like, wow, Sugar T has got like 10 or 15 businesses um, Billy's got a regular job, but he's also out there just handing out uh, gifts to people on a regular basis. So, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. So I'm sure that some folks are listening to us and are trying to figure out how y'all managed to get 26 hours in the day when there's only 24. So I'd like to hear from both of you. I'll defer to the ladies first. So, Sugar T, how do you work that schedule? And then I'd like to hear from Billy as well as to how he manages his schedule as well. But definitely tell us how you manage that schedule because, like I said, I'm sure some folks are listening here and all the amazing things that you're doing and they're sitting there ticking it off in their notebooks or whatever they might be writing or maybe they're just <laughs> listening and listening to the tape. Maybe they're re-recording the tape or whatever. But uh, I'm sure they're probably going like, I don't know if I could do half of what Sugar T is doing. <laughs> well, you know, that's a good question. To answer the first one about money mysteriously showing up, man, I feel you, Billy. I've had that happen so many times, I mean, throughout my life. And I know that it was, I mean, I could tell you like at least a good six times that that happened. <laughs> and it was during times when I really, really needed it. Um, as much as I talk about, you know, how successful and how many elements that I've been blessed with, um, I've also had a lot of challenges because of what I stand for. Um, I stand for the truth, and I'm not a hype branded artist. I'm not a. Um, I'm not into the rah rah. I'm bad as a mug. You know, pull up any of my 20 albums, and you can they'll speak for themselves. You know, and I'm a multifaceted artist. I don't just sing, but I rap, I write, and I produce, and I play instruments. So, um, and I didn't just start. You know, just to, just to be a show off. I grew up in church singing and playing instruments and was, you know, taught from the gate, you know what I mean? Um, but the bottom line is in that, you know, um, I say that to say that I actually have so many different situations that came up at the time that I needed it. I mean, up to a point where DHL dropped off a check to my daughter one time, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how I was going through a divorce, my second divorce, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how, and I really pulled back from entertainment, from the industry, because I, I felt like it was just going in a dark direction that I wasn't interested in really inputting into. Um, it tends to be a, 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 a unfortunate that the hip-hop industry tends to showcase a stagnate message and just a one, one type of message, and it's annoying, actually, to me, because I don't feel like it's showing any growth. You know, in any other industry and genre showcases growth, but for some odd reason, hip-hop tends to be the only one that doesn't showcase growth. The artists are all, you know, copy, carbon copies doing the same thing, just copying off each other. Um, and then, unfortunately, the, they're on, they're only, the listeners are only getting fed one message. So I stepped back so I could just kind of realign myself. So it made it a little more difficult because those that were around me didn't get it. <laughs> but I, I, I stepped into the calling, um, you know, that was about me and my future and my children and the life that I knew later could possibly hurt or help me. And, you know, so I had to take a leadership role. And at that time, it was very hard. It was hard for me to pay my bills. I was in a domestic violence relationship, so I had to let him go. And then I ended up in a situation where me and my daughter was staying together. My oldest daughters, at the time, they were like 19. They're 32 and 31 now. But um, but at that time, they, she was 19, and she, you know, she it ended up being a check that came in her name. 
from an investor firm, and I've never looked for investors. I've always been able to just, you know, hustle and make things turn around. Um, so I never had an investor um, at that time, and that investor company was from nowhere, just came from nowhere. You know, they just came, they signed, they asked for her name, we signed for it. It came in a FedEx, a legitimate FedEx box. It was like $4,500. Um, my mortgage was behind, and um, and I was in the middle of trying to figure some stuff out, and I didn't want to ask anybody for no assistance because it tends to be something that came along with that assistance. So um, I was suffering it out and having faith and at the same time somewhat fearful. So when he came, the DHL man came up and got to the signature. My daughter signed it, and um, and we opened it up, and we like, oh, my God, this is a check. And we was looking through it and seeing if it was legitimate and all that, and it was. So I said, come on, let's go to the computer. Let's Google and make sure it's a real company. So we went to see if it was a real company, and it was. And we called. It was a real answering service. And we was like, shoot, let's go cash this real quick. <laughs> so we cashed it, and I'm like, let's take all the money out, too, so just in case somebody made a mistake. <laughs> and at the time, we were in college, so I knew we weren't looking for scholarship, you know what I'm saying, because we, were, we, we didn't have scholarship at that time put in. So I knew it wasn't a scholarship because we was both, with me and my oldest daughter, went back to school at the same time. And we was like, wow, you know, this, is, this was weird. So I was like, okay, the Lord – an angel released this money, you know, to us, somebody, and, and we got it, and we needed it at that time, and it really allowed us to get back on our feet and do some things that we needed to do to set up, and she was so always open to sharing with me, you know, we just split it, <laughs> and then the next few days, the bank called and said, hey, you know, you got this money, and these company closed down, and I'm like, okay, y'all cashed it and gave us the cash. You made sure it went through. That's not our fault. Figure that out, so at the end of the day, you know, it was done. And so I got a whole bunch of other stories like that. But the bottom line is, yes, I can relate, Bill. And it's definitely, you know, it continues to let you know how divine um, order comes in from above, you know, when you're trying to do the right thing. Um, secondly, when you say about moving and having, um, you know, multiple things to do, well, yes, indeed, I've always um, – in a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. I've always had a lot to do because I was a mother at 16 and a, I had two at 17 in the same year. And of course, coming into the music industry, being taught as an executive, you know, I ran labels, um, you know, I have multiple streams of hustle, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly all the time. <laughs> so having the multiple streams of hustles always gave me a chance to, you know, to take advantage of my ADD, ADHD ability of multiple things to do. 
and um, and I grew into that that type of lifestyle. And then later, as things progressed, that didn't really allow me to have to do all that. Um, I started getting more fearful of only depending on one thing, to be honest with you, because I've seen the ability that people have and the ability that music, the music industry has, where, you know, people can slip something up underneath the rug and buy, you know, and they could not like you. You know, I got a big butt, big breast, a young face. I sound sassy. I sound confident. So people could just torture you just because of that. You know what I mean? And say, I'm not fit to help her do nothing. I'm not playing her music or she looked like somebody that slept with my man or, you know, no telling what the circumstance could be. So, you know, you deal with all kind of politics, family politics, you know, um, dysfunctional elements that come along with that, as well as, you know, different things that make people not, you know, you're not always, they might not always want to rock with you. So at the end of the day, um, that was always my fear. So I always had other things to do and to sell and to depend on um, based out of fear. And then eventually it became a lifestyle for me. And I stopped being fearful, and I found it a necessity to have multiple streams of income. So then I educated myself so I could learn work-easy tools and things that could be done while I'm asleep where I could have, you know, movement that I don't have to always attend to. And I went back to school. I'm an organizational management master's degree um, of, of organizational management and of supply chain management and, of course, psychology and liberal studies and the AA and business. So the bottom line is, you know, I went and got educated to even grow my skills even more and put a lot of things into practice so it's become a second nature. Um, and, again, I have a great team that come to me to flock to me because of my energy of what I do, serving others and helping along the way. And plus, I'm one of the baddest chicks in the game when it comes down to music. And um, <laughs> you know I always got to keep that out there, right? <laughs> um so at the end of the day, I put out that energy and they, you know, they gravitate to that energy because I'm a coach and, you know, and people, I use my gifts from God to help other people clean themselves up and find peace, prosperity, and purpose from their pain. And then I'm a vision partner. And a lot of these people just come in and want to stick around me and be up underneath my leadership and my, and my mentoring. And they become a part of my team. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I've been able to survive um, doing multiple things because I have a great a great um, machine that was created throughout the years. It wasn't nothing that just started. I've been doing this for a very long time. And, of course, I'm a grandmother of six. So shortly after my daughter became an adult, I became a grandmother. So, therefore, I went instantly into grandparenting. As much as I look 25, I have grandchildren that are almost teenagers now. So I've always made sure that I was a part of their lives, and that's what always kept me always multitasking and understanding how important it was to, you know, carry out multiple tasks in order to have peace in the wellness and fullness of my life and my, my family life. And you're doing a great job with that. I was just wondering, what kind of words of advice do you give to young grandparents? I've actually got a good friend of mine who is, uh, I think she's in her mid-40s, but she's actually got um, four kids and I think six grandkids or something like that. But I know that she says that she's got a story that she would like to tell She's actually an actress and a uh, esthetician, and has definitely been involved in a lot of things herself, also. But sometimes I do feel that she, as well as some of my other friends that are in that same age range that I am in, and I'm 58, so they're actually younger than me. But I'd say from their early 40s to like 
definitely up to around Billy's age of 60s into like the late 60s and early 70s, that sometimes feel that they've gone past their prime, that they can't do the things that they would like to do. They might even feel that they have a message that they would like to share, but they're not, but they're afraid to put that message out there. So what advice do you give to others that might be in that grandmother category or even that uh, grandfather category? I don't have any kids, and that's just the way that life, uh, the, the way that the ball crumbled and everything, but I've dated women with kids, but I don't have any of my own, but I've got a lot of kids that I mentor and that I take care of in other kinds of ways, but don't have any that are directly out of my bloodline. But I was just wondering what advice you give to folks that have a message that they would like to share, but not might, might not be sharing it right now in the ways that they can. You know what? You know, tell her to make sure you give her my information so she can become a part of my club. I have a young grandmother's club, um, and that's the whole point of, of creating it is to make presence to this culture of us who are still young, funky, but yet still very mature and endured quite a bit from having to have so many responsibilities at an early age. Um, so um, definitely you should have her call me. Um, I think to answer your question, I mean, you can definitely give her my information um, and um, I'll make sure that um, – that uh, Eris connects that information for you as well, but um, and, and that's one outlet because that's what we are is an outlet to connect, unite, and empower uh, young mothers, young grandmothers, and uniting young and old grandmothers so that grandmothers that are older can you know have a connection to us because we pretty much had you know we have the same um, responsibilities but we just have to start ours much earlier and probably endured a little bit more because of that. Um, however, um, we need to still be together, and it's very difficult to connect those dots. Um, so, um, and it's very difficult for them to give us our credibility because they think because we're young, you know, that we are not, I guess, a real grandmother, <laughs> which is so um, totally the opposite. We probably are better grandmothers than them in a sense because, we've had to endure quite a bit more than most of them had. And again, at a much earlier age with a whole lot of other things that came along with it while we're learning how to grow up ourselves. So, um, so being together and us learning each other's stories, I think is important so that we can have more synergy and gap these generations that really at the end of the day need to leave the nation and leave these communities so that we can have better outcomes in our families, you know, and in the lives of the youth and give each other strength to one another. But um, I think once you join them kind of uh, facilities and groups and connections, that that helps become a voice when you find people on your same accord. And having a coach, um, I'm a coach, like I said, sometimes you have to get people with a different type of power and anointing, a different experience, different um, attributes, you know, outside of your own circle because sometimes your own circle could be the worst circle to be in because they don't get it, and sometimes they could box you in a box and leave you there. And a lot of times, you know, we become more woke and growing, growing within our, our scope of our life, and sometimes people don't grow. So um, most of us who have been through hell and back, we grow, and we grow and go, and we get better versus bitter. Um, unfortunately, Many of older generations that I've noticed, they become more bitter than better, and they don't want to open up and share. So we're a different culture. We want to share. We want to give. We want to love. We're not bitter. 
We understand what we did wrong, and it's okay, and we get that. But we also know what we've done right or what we've tried to do right, and we try to, you know, elbow together and work together as a generation and as people in the same culture. So I think when you find outside of your box and your circle other people who are on the same path, it helps a little bit more because um, they may take you at hand versus at what they think and judging you based on what they know and what they've not found out. Um, and I think that would help people open up a little bit more. Definitely. That sounds like some great advice. The other thing that I was curious about, and I just want to know what your thoughts on about this are, is it because we are becoming a society where there are a lot of folks that have been divorced, they've had children, they've had their children have had children, so there are a lot of folks that are getting involved in relationships and um, all kinds of stages within the relationship. So I do know that there have been a number of folks that have found themselves not just finding instant families, but instant grandfamilies based on the people that they are involved with. So I'm just wondering what are some of your thoughts on that, because I do know that more and more people that are in their fairly young age, like I said, the 40s, uh, even some probably in their late 30s, that are grandparents, and therefore they may have kids, and then the kids have kids. So you're not just talking to the young lady, you're also talking to the young ladies kids who might be teenagers or young adults, and then they may have kids. So that is a more modern trend, I think, where there are a lot of young grandparents out there who are also in the dating game. So I'm just wondering, when you are out there, you said that you were involved in a relationship, it went sour, but when you're out there, how do you bring that to the table when you're talking to people as they're talking to you? Um, how do I bring... Um, having sour relationships to the table. Um, I'm sorry, oh, I don't really the understand. Whole How do you bring the family concept in? Because I do know that sometimes I remember I have a cousin who well, is uh, married to his wife, and but when he first got married, and they got married several years back, she, like you, had um, children and grandchildren. But when she got when they got into the relationship, a lot of folks within my own family were sitting there giving him a hard time because he wasn't just coming into a relationship with an instant family, but he was also becoming like an instant granddad, even though he had a kid of his own. He had one kid of his own, but it was becoming like a more that kind of environment. So I'm sure that you've been in those kind of environments where you've talked to people, you've said that you have that very young kind of vibrant look at everything. So probably they're shocked when you've brought, when you've come into that environment that you do have that. I know my friend Nikki, who's the one I was referring to, who's actually one of our sponsors. We play her ad sometimes here because she has an esthetician business that she's gone through that sometimes that folks are shocked that she's got these old kids and that these old kids have babies of their own. <laughs> Right. Um, so I, I, I get that. And, um, yeah, I, the way I deal with it is, um, you know, it's not an easy task um, when it comes to dating um, like that. Um, I've been blessed. I'm in a relationship of 11 years, a very blessed and healthy one. Um, it was perfect for me because, you know, he he already had kids and I already had mine and I didn't want no more, and he didn't want no more, and um, that was what I prayed for. So um, at the end of the day, um, that was success for me. Um, It didn't really – it worked out because, you know, you got to kind of do those checks and balances first before even dealing with, you know, with people in relationships, um, you know, really being open and asking questions and, you know, becoming a friend to somebody versus just jumping in the bed with them. 
Um, it helps to know what they're about, and it, it helps for them to know what you're about. And from the gate, you know, to kind of go through possibilities and an understanding of what you up against, you know, or what you up for, you know what I mean? So the best part of, of that for me is he became an instant grandfather. Um, my granddaughters were uh, younger, much, much younger, and he uh, he became an instant grandfather. Um, and his daughter, his youngest daughter, and my granddaughters, um, my oldest granddaughter, they're like a couple years apart. So it worked out really good um, for them because they became good friends. And they were able to, you know, hang out and get to know each other. And it was a workout, you know, getting because she ended up being called auntie, you know, and um, and with the messy family uh, dynamic of the step families and, you know, the other side of the family with, you know, coming in and being nosy, sometimes, you know, um, they may try to break it up and not make it a really a family thing, but you got to work hard and make it a family thing um, to whereas you know, they could see it as a valuable thing versus not. So, um, so you know, it's, it's a workout, and it's a lot of layers to it. You really got to find the inside to really give a full understanding, you know, of how to really address it because each circumstance is different and comes with different, you know, different layers. So, therefore, um, you know, bottom line is it's about talking to talking about things and, you know, figuring out what what foundation of a problem that can come up and being able to address that foundation <laughs> and then continuing to work at that and reiterate because, you know, you get all kind of tension and traction, like you said, from the in-laws and, you know, other, other kids and stepkids because although my granddaughter and his youngest daughter is the same age, there's an older kid, you know, that hated my guts, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, at the end of the day, I came with a full womanhood, and I guess that was just something he wasn't used to. And it didn't sit very well with him to come and sit on, you know, coming into my grand, my grandkids, calling him Papa. <laughs> and, you know, and he done had not having no kids and, you know, and me coming with a full family and they're the same age. He's the same age as my, my, old, my oldest kids. And, you know, it is a mess. It could be a mess. It could be a serious challenge if you're not strong and if you don't set a foundation and, you know, be be really strong on on um, on doing your part and, and you have to have some flexibility and try different things. And eventually it either plays itself out or it can make somebody miserable. Yep, definitely. Um, Billy, are you still on the line there with me and everything? Because I know I, one of the things that we talked about in our earlier conversation with the whole concept of unity. And, I mean, uh, definitely Sugar Tea has been alluding to some of that just in our conversation and everything. But I know one of the things that you talk about, even in the way that you give your gifts, is that you don't really care what people are in terms of their politics, in terms of their orientation, in terms of their race, in terms of their religion or any of those things. But you're just trying to go out there and help people in any way that you can. So if you would, talk a little bit about that and how you find uh, what's going on in society. Because I know some people are thinking, and I'd like to hear from Sugar T, her thoughts on this, that we're a very divided society now based on what's going on with Black Lives Matter and some of the other things that are happening. And I do agree with something that you said earlier in our conversation that we need to just work on um, policy changes and make sure that everybody is paid what they're worth, no matter what's going on, because we do know that sometimes women are not paid what they are worth in a lot of different professions. But I would love if you would just kind of expound on some of those thoughts that you were sharing with me earlier, particularly around unity and also on some of the policy things that you would like to see done. 
Okay, Mark, I'll tell you one thing. I'm definitely a fan of your guest. I can tell you, if you listen to her, she's a bumper. We call people to give back bumpers, and you can hear through the Grandmother Club, through the different things she said. And if people will take the time to talk to one another, they will find out that we are more alike than different. I tell people when people express my – ask me about politics or express my views, I say the bump experiment is my passion, and it is a – politics-free zone. I don't comment on issues to take positions. I express opinions, but um, let me say, like, one thing I say, people ask me, well, what do you think about the press? And I go, I don't comment on politics. However, I will say this, that everybody deserves to be treated with kindness, respect, and equality. I have said that my entire life, and I said for the first time in my life, I have a president who does not treat people with kindness respect, and equality. But folks, that has nothing to do with politics. It's just how we treat people. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I always say my life kind of feels like a, a cross between touched by an angel and highway to heaven, that I realize I have been put here with a purpose. And one of the things that the good Lord has blessed me with is a passion and a drive. And I don't know if you call me a workaholic, a passionaholic or what, but we all get the same number of hours in the day, but my days usually start 4.30 to 5, and I kind of knock off around 9.30 or 10. Um, I work pretty much six to seven days a week. Um, I've done that all my life. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. Life gets a lot more magical when you dream. So let's dream of a vacation unlike any other. A magical Disney cruise. <laughs> Hiya, pal! Where new stories meet tales as old as time. Enchanté, mon ami! And your family will be cared for the moment you step aboard. Sail from Florida to Disney's private island paradise and get ready for a dream come true with Disney Cruise Line. I'm very blessed, that, but I realize I need to work to be able to do my bumping it up, and my bumping it up restores my spirit and my soul. And I tell people that right now, to me, we seem to be so divided by our politics that we don't take the time to listen and to get perspective. And it used to be something called compromise, and we listen to one another, but now we've become so isolated, and I, I, I've spoken many times, especially between – enough that we've got to deal with COVID. That should be enough to bring us together. And then the eyes of the world are put on George Floyd when heaven forbid that that's what it takes. But there is a defining moment, and this is one moment for the first time in my life that I have only seen all people, and particularly white people, realize, wow, there is – and inequality that occurs in this universe, in our nation, in the world at large, that unfortunately many operated on a white heterosexual male. And I said, now we finally realize that 
this world is for everybody, and we all need to be treated with kindness, respect, and equality. When we're talking about pay, I am so glad that that people of all people are becoming woke about Black Lives Matters. But I tell people in 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 the corporate world, everybody should be paid equally for the same job. I don't care if you're a woman, if you're a white woman, black woman. If you're a gay man, a straight man, I don't care what the parameters or anything about you are. We all deserve equal pay. We all deserve to be given the tools to be successful in life. And that is one of my things that I try to do is help give people the tools to be successful. Then it's up to them to be succeed, to succeed. But we've got to have those barriers broken down and all given an equal playing field because many times – we don't start out with the um, same playing field, Mark. And I, I tell people when they see me, many times they look at me and they'll go, well, you don't look your age. But I go, folks, I grew up in a segregationist society, and you think I look like a, an older white man. But I said I can tell you being part of the LGBT, LGBT community that I understand. I know what it was like when I moved to Atlanta that you could be kicked out of your apartment because of your sexual orientation, fired from your job. Um, the George Floyd for my um, generation was Matthew Shepard, who was um, tied to a barbed wire fence and killed simply because he was a gay college student. That's ridiculous. Um, I think finally people have realized that there's no turning back now, and conversations have finally started. And we've got a ways to go, but I think we're finally at a turning point. And I, I told you earlier on the show, Mark, I live in a community where we literally are 150 homes that you can't put two homes together. We are pink, yellow, black, white, gay, straight, and people look from the outside in and go, y'all are so different. I go, no, we're not. We are 150 homes strong that look from the inside out, and we do not see each other as different people. We see ourselves as a community, and it does take a village. And I can tell you if something happens within – my community, you will see posted on the community board that we are there to make sure that people's kids get to school. If somebody's got cancer, we make sure there are meals um, that are fixed for that family. We work together, and if only all of us could look, if everybody could come and visit my neighborhood and go, wow, we're the United Nations of the world, and you think we're different, but we are so much more alike than different. And I hope that at this point, that we will take the time and open up conversations. However, I, let me tell you this right now. I thought both our Congress and our Senate, I think we need to be having emergency sessions. We're talking about that they go on vacation again. Folks, we are de- dealing with a health crisis, and we are dealing with a human relations crisis with the Black Lives Movement that we need to work on these issues, and we don't need to work on them tomorrow because the moment is now, and we've been putting off this moment for Way too long. Now is the moment, and now is the time. Oprah always has this saying that when we know better, we know we do better. Well, folks, we've known better for a long time. It's past time to do better. Now is the moment to do, not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. Now is the moment for us to make changes, and I truly believe that we can't turn back. And I'd like to think that in my lifetime, I hope I got another 20, 30 years on me. But um, I don't mind working all the time because I work for change. Um, last night, I, I, I went to um, – there was a small group of um, young ladies who are going to be leaving America at some point in their lives. 
and they did a black movement, um, black, black lives movement art show. Oh my gosh! And they're using their monies to donate. These are young ladies who one day are going to be the leaders of this world, and at only they are like nine to eleven years old. And I am amazed at these young ladies who already see that they can make a difference in the world. They're activists already. Well, folks, we need to learn from the kids because sometimes that's where we learn the most from. And it always amazes me. I always tell people, you put kids in a sandbox, they are not looking at who's pink, yellow, purple, or white. Um, They're worrying about, well, I want that toy right now, or I want to do this and that. Um, They play together. It is the adults that we pass on our prejudices. Well, folks, it's time to say goodbye to prejudice, and it's going to take some time, but talking is the way we do it. Education is the way we do it. We need to realize that we all need to be playing on the same equal field, and with that, there will be change. But don't think because we have a token, one purple, one pink, one yellow, in better words, don't put one black, one one gay, one woman. We need to have 12 people on a board, and we need to have – Three white, three black, three just I want diversity because in diversity is where you truly enjoy the spice of life. You're never going to know what collards are like unless you eat them. You're never going to know what um, squid is like unless you taste it. Well, you need to know somebody who eats squid because where I grew up, we didn't know what asparagus was. Um, So I need to be around people who eat asparagus because I might learn that I like asparagus. Um, you know, it's through diversity that we have our strength, and we still – we're the melting pot of a nation, and yet we still fail to realize that our greatest strength is our diversity. I'm hoping that Definitely. that happens soon. I hope that you're right, and I hope that that will be coming around and that we will see that diversity. I do want to get one of Sugar T's songs on so the folks can hear what she's all about because I know that Dean's got at least one in the pipeline, and we might have more, but I I did look in there and see that he's got at least something in there. But before we get to that song, I did want to know from Sugar T what you think about what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, and I would also love to hear what you think about the fact that you have a fellow rapper that has thrown his name into the hat, that being Kanye West. So he said that he wants to run for president, and I just wanted to know what your thoughts were of him trying to run as he is, I believe, a West Coaster and is definitely one that is trying to say that he wants to throw his name into the hat. Oh, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> so, um, well, you know, it depends on what, you know, well, one, it depends on what, um, you know, what his agenda is. You know, some people just want to be a voice when they run for to be a president for president that want to be a voice and then you know some people many people have tried to push me into it and I'm just not interested in it in any way um, because it's just too much behind this whole movement this whole presidency just everything so I don't want to be a part of that um, but um, so you know I think it's bold for him to try <laughs> and um, and I'm not really sure what to think about that to be honest with you um, I wasn't going to be a president, so it's way too much uh, pressure on your shoulder. But uh, I'll take my hat off for him even trying to step out if that's the reason why he's going it, and if he's doing it for popularity and to be, you know, stay relevant because, you know, people do all kinds of stuff for all different kind of reasons. Um, so other than that, that's my thoughts about Kanye West. Um, 
I'm not really sure if I would ever want a rapper to run the industry, <laughs> to run the presidency. That that would be no better than Trump running it that everybody's mad about. So I don't think that I, I just think hell no. I, you know, and then I'm a rapper and I'm talking about a rapper, so it's like I'm not sure. I'm just kind of confused to be honest with you about that one. I would be afraid personally, nothing towards him, but I would just be afraid in general of any rapper running running, especially today, because everybody seems to be with, you know, the foolishness that comes along with the messaging that has been forced um, through media and became the, the main relevancy that they're trying to make, you know, um, a norm. <laughs> and it's so opposite of what we are as a people. Um, I don't think it's a good representation, you know, of, of us and me as a black woman, um, as well as me as a hip-hop matriarch and pioneer, and as us as a black race, we're not just sex, money, alcohol, drugs, violence, and stripping. And um, I have a problem with that. So um, so just in general, not him personally. I have nothing personally against him. But just a rapper that comes with that mentality to run the world, I don't think that they're, they would be in their right mind that's, you know, to even be helpful because that has to be a mental illness when you just are always glorifying um, one part of life that is not a norm all the time for most of us, but but that seems to be all that you represent. So um, that's what I think about that. <laughs> all right. And what do you think about the whole black, yeah, the Black Lives Matter movement? And in terms of like, I've noticed that we're seeing a lot more young people that are involved with that. I had on my earlier show that we were talking about the fact that it is more of a youth-oriented movement, but I was just wondering what some of your thoughts are about the Black Lives Matter movement and if we are seeing more of that um, unity in our community, not just black uh, youth out there marching and protesting, but we're also seeing white, we're seeing Latin American, we're seeing uh, Native American, we're seeing Asian American, but a wide cross-section of the population that saw, as um, Billy just alluded to, the George Floyd uh, killing, and that just got them motivated to do a lot of things in our community. So, uh, unfortunately, there are some elements that might be getting out there doing some non-kind, destructive things, but I don't think that they're the norm. I think that they are the outliers. I was just wondering what some of your thoughts are as to how the Black Lives Movement is going, and if you think that we are seeing people that are actually trying to do more unity in our community and less division in our community. Well, you know, um, that's a great question. My album is called Truth, um, and um, it's called Truth. So the rapidemic, um, the message speaks for itself. One of my singles, it'll be my second single on my album. Um, so I do want everybody to definitely make sure you guys pick up my album because it's time to tell the truth. And, um, and I'm sharing my truth, and uh, many others will probably feel the same way once they hear it and, and, and they get permission <laughs> to be truthful. You know what I'm saying? So that's one. There's so many lies behind this, 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 all this stuff. Everybody has their own agenda. Um, Black Lives Matter, all of them. Everybody got their own agenda. And um, the problem is that I have mixed feelings about it because um, they came out here and destroyed our city. Um, they came out here and acted a fool. It looked like a movie. They came, they did all extra stuff that had nothing to do with it, and it was nobody in our neighborhood or in our city that did it. These were all people that came from somewhere else, you 
know, through the group Antifa um, to come out and destroy the businesses. And I don't think that that is looting like that. I don't really think that that's a good way to represent blacks. So, um, unfortunately, you know, that's my truth. And it makes, I think it's a mixed look at us. It makes other people look at us and say, wow, they so ignorant. They destroy their own stuff, you know. They, um, you know, they're uh, violent. Um, it, it, I don't know if it makes it, make it better for us. You know, I feel like it, it, it leaves a mixed message and could possibly make it worse. Um, I do appreciate those that are genuinely um, looking to support the black movement and the black agenda, uh, the black um, lives that do matter. I don't even want to say black lives matter. Um, and the reason why is because I don't know what that movement is really about, and I've seen all different types of different purpose and agendas in it. Um, and I just ask for people to investigate, you know, what they support and what they are uh, about so that that way whoever supports it know what they're doing. Young people are always vulnerable, so that doesn't excite me just because young people are participating in something because most young people are just learning. They don't even have enough sense half of the time to even really know what they're doing. They just want to get a, be a part of something and be a voice. Sometimes what they become a part of is not always the best thing. <laughs> so um, that don't excite me. Um, there are so many ways, I think, to get justice besides violence. Um, I'm not saying it in an incompassionate way. I think it was a horrible situation that happened, but I don't think we have to conduct ourselves, and I think if Black Lives Matter is going to um, represent that, that they really shouldn't add all the other stuff in it. Um, and all these different hidden agendas. My second thought about that, I have nothing against anybody, anybody's lifestyle, anybody's sexuality. I understand what's behind it all. But I do have a problem with blacks and the LGBTQ community being connected as a part of the same problem. The reason why I say that is because we were born black, and that was something as a race. But the LGBT community is doing something, you know, different based on what they enjoy doing or what they are about or whatever the circumstance is. And I just think it should be, it shouldn't just be thrown together like that. I think it should be separated because we're dealing with two separate issues. So that's my thoughts about it. Um, however, I think it's always good to have the visibility and things are being put to the forefront about the injustice that does happen to African Americans and injustice that happens to. Um, other communities and other populations as well, um, but I think you know there's so many agendas, so much behind it, so many people that are not benefiting. Um, the George Floyd family, there's money being raised, and he's not even getting it, and there's just all kind of stuff. So I have, again, I have mixed agendas, and I just look from afar and just stay back because there's so much you don't really know what makes what don't get to be good and be trying to do something good that you'll be a part of or make something worse or help someone with a totally different agenda of what it really should be about. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. Definitely, I can understand where you're coming from in that regard. Um, if Dean can, I think it's about time for us to get some uh, PSAs going, but after the PSAs run, then I definitely want to get on some of your music because I did know that when I looked down the list, I did see that he had loaded up at least one of your songs, and we might have some others loaded up as well, but I did want to give folks a chance to hear what your music was all about. So, uh, Dean, if you're there, there with me, if you can uh, throw us some uh, PSAs right around now, and then we'll come back with um, what's going on with Sugar Tea's music, because I did see that we've got some Sugar Tea music that you downloaded, because I do know that Eris did send us some stuff, so it looks like 
like you've done down at least one of them. I don't know if you got down more than that. And uh, you actually had told me that uh, you had had a conversation with her um, sometime back because we were thinking we are going to have her on last time. And I think that you had even found out some connections that you knew about Sugar T and her musical background that I didn't know. So definitely uh, if you want to share that, what you were telling me about some of those connections and things of that nature, then you can do that now. But definitely uh, if you want to add those spots, but well, definitely I, mean, I do remember I that you – I'm a hip-hop head, bruh, so that's the first lady of the clique right there, you know what I mean? Um, salute to you for over 30 years in the game doing your thing. And um... For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. That's pretty much it, bro. Like, we can really get into this. You want me to do PSA? And then PSA. We're gonna, and then we go get See, are you laughing at me right now? <laughs> Look, we go, we go, no doubt. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to run a couple of ads. And then we're going to straight talk with Dina Walker. The old renaissance is the new renaissance Standing on tradition While embracing the spirit of distinction This is the Harlem Brewing Company Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste A sound and a feeling That can only be described in one way Harlem style So come and take a trip on the A-Train With our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale And our Harlem Renaissance Whitney The neighborhood original Are you enjoying the smoothest conversation in podcasting? Straight talk with Dean and Mark. Hi, this is DJ Smooth Jazz, syndicated radio host and co-owner of Portfolio Group, LLC, your smooth jazz lifestyle and entertainment group with offices in Durham, North Carolina. Portfolio Group, LLC specializes in promoting the lifestyle of smooth jazz listeners with the promotion of smooth jazz events, and the distribution of African-American-owned wines. For more information, PortfolioGroupLLC.com, or you can swing by my secondary site, DJSmoothJazz.com. Now back to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. All right, bro, we're back. Um, if you ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's hear some sugar tea music and things of that nature. Before we get to the music, I do have to teach sugar Tease Sugar T about one thing though, because you know me and Dean have been talking about the fact that it's hot here, and you're over there in California, and I did look up the weather, and I saw that y'all had temperatures that were 
below the 90s. So somehow y'all managed to get some of that cool weather. Can you send some of it to the East Coast? Because we're like sweltering <laughs> over here. It's 109 degrees wow. over here. At least it feels like 109. It feels like 104 where he's at. So if you could like usher some of that wind our way, I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you did. She laughed, and she like, yo, y'all burning up over there. Right? <laughs> She's like, y'all burning up over there, and I'm not going to bring y'all any of the good weather. <laughs> what do you say? So, you got the Look, air, so I hope that you got an air conditioner. <laughs> on full blast. We're going to pay for it later, okay. but right now, you know, I'm not trying to be on rotisserie in the middle of the house. Like, it's hot outside. <laughs> You, you know, drink you know a lot kind of water? Huh? <laughs> yes, I know. I'm getting my beverages all. Get some water. Yeah, get some sodas. Get something, but got to have some beverages. I know okay, I just stepped outside, and then when I came back, so they were like, it's beverages. 95 degrees. I said water. You need some water. See, see, see Mark, you, 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 you fell into that hole. I said, huh? I'm like, um, you know, I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying. You said, she, 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 she knew. No, you need water. <laughs> See, she knew. And, and, and when I you said, wear huh? Weaves of anything, you got to take the weave off and the wigs off. You know what? I have a... our weeds and our weeds off. How about I have well, a bald head? Can... Yeah, Dee's got a bald head. I do have some hair still, so <laughs> I, I'm getting that sweat with the hair going on. But I don't know if you caught the early part of the show, Sugar Tea, whether you had called in at that point, but. I have found a friend of mine that went out to a mall here locally, and she found a vending machine that is selling weaves and another vending machine that is selling eyelashes. I just want to know, do y'all have that over there in California? Because she was just blown away that there was vending machines selling weaves and eyelashes. So you literally can put in your dollar bill, your credit card, and you can buy either a weave or some eyelashes while you're at the mall shopping. That was one of the most cleverest ideas anybody could ever get. They saving uh, brick and mortar fees. <laughs> yep. Yep. Don't have to okay. pay rent. Not like and that. They pay staff, right? They don't have to pay staff. They don't got to feed their Not at them. They making money while they sleep. Grab and go. Get your lashes. Get your weed. We're going to have okay. number nine in there next week, and we're going to have it good to go. And tell your I love the idea. Send the machine and, and send me the send, send me the vending machine information so I can get me a couple of them out here. <laughs> you ain't lying. I need some over here in Jersey too. That'd be the, the, the put everything in there. So I'm, so I'm gonna go tell my friend tomorrow because I think she does her daily walk. But she said that she's been trying kind of doing walk every other day. But I'm gonna see if she goes on Wednesday. I'm gonna have her be sure to go behind the machine to find out what the name of this company is, so that I can send the information to New Jersey and to California. Yeah, I'll even send it to Eris over there in Hawaii. Cause I'm thinking there might be a whole weed market over there where uh, your PR friend Eris is at, and there's a number of other places that probably need it too. So I'm gonna see if we can't get that number. And we're going to get in touch with you. We're about ready to start some franchises up here, Dio. Hey, might as well, Thank dog. We you. got you. Yes, the network will be jumping. You know what I mean? It'll be on all That's the right. social media pages. Yeah, exactly. Nice this sounds like a plan. I like was. this plan. I'm excited about them. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But let's get to some sugar tea music. What did you, what did you download for us? Because I know that Harris yeah, did send us some stuff. 
I this thing labeled it just says Sugar T's music. So what I want to do is I want to play the song, and then after it's done, Sugar T, if you would be so kind as to tell us what the name of the song is, because when I put it in, I just put Sugar T's music. So that's not really helping the cause right now. So, but we're going to get to the song, and then we'll get to that, all right? It's Straight Talk with Dina Mark with the first lady of the click, Sugar T, y'all. Yeah. Turn, turn up, get the bag. Keep it 100, put some haters on their back. Hell show them haters what it is. Push it over time, put your money where your mouth is. All work, no play. All day, every day, get the bag, get paid. Turn up, get the bag. Day one a showstopper. I ain't a little girl, so you can call me Big Mama. If your dude hold it down, you should call him Big Papa. I'm just out here trying to function, bruh. Trying to hit the lotter. Work it. It don't matter how you do. All gas, no brakes. Just don't let it work. You get the bag. Handle it. Show them haters what it is. Push it over time. Put your money where your mouth is. You can work while you do your business. What what you got until you get it? Work it. All work, no play. Just a way, that a way, all gas, no brain. Work it, handle, handle it. Show them haters what it is. Push it over time, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, everybody needs a little sugar, honey. I'm back on this shift with some blue See, I'm custom across the gorillas to give money. All gas, no breaks, no shade, down and dirty. Everybody need a little sugar, honey. See, I'm back on this shift for some new money. Working, I'm with the business real. Lady hustler, trying to buy some land on the hill. If you ain't fit it, fall back, don't even bother. I ain't with the mess, cause my mind on the dollar. Get it done, pay them bills, close the deal. Keep your Mommy. mac and track and turn up, keep it real. Work it, it don't matter how you do. Push your hard line, just don't let it work you. Get it in, get it done, get it funny. My auntie Bella told me, oh, you get money. Can't be no lacking in your mackin'. You can make it happen. We can get it crackin'. Hell it. Show them haters what it is. Push it over time. Put your money where your mouth is. Turn up, get the bag. Keep it 100. Put some haters on their back. Hell it. Show them haters what it is. Push it over time. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, everybody need a little sugar, honey. I'm back on this ship for some food,
Oh, All right, Sugar yeah, T. No great. <laughs> All right. Hey. Now, what was that song? Because I was rocking it. I was over here just bopping my head left and right. I'm sure that Dean was doing the same in New Jersey. We were ready to go find a dance club. Unfortunately, there are no dance clubs open right now because everything's <laughs> shut down because of COVID. But if there was, we'd be over there trying to get our dance grooves on. And, of course, I know I got two left feet. Dean has told me he's got two left feet, too. So it might have been some embarrassing dancing going on. But we were sitting here bopping our heads. At least that's what I was doing. I think I saw telepathically that Dean was doing the same thing. Did I, did I get it right? Were you doing the same thing? Were you bopping your head over there, Dean? Bro, I get the little tear dance in, you know, and that that will be good enough. <laughs> it don't take a whole lot, you know. Today no, it don't take no, a whole no. lot. Everybody uh, do all kind of stuff, so <laughs> you make up your own dance. Mm-hmm. That's called work. It. That song is called work. It's called work. It's on my new album. Um, Rapidemic. It's in a single format. It's available now. It'll be on the okay. full album June the 30th. I mean, July the 30th. It should be available on all digital outlets July 30th. And um, you can get the full element of with the Rapidemic and the celebration of my over 30-year anniversary and 20-album mm. um, movement. Wow. So tell folks what other songs that they can expect to hear on this album. And uh, maybe if you want to highlight some uh, themes of some of the songs, we would love to hear that. So I know that there's some definite things. Because you said that the song is all about truth for one thing. So we definitely appreciate the truth element. So definitely we would love to hear what you've got to say about some of the other songs that folks can expect to hear if they go out and buy that album. And we expect a lot of folks are going to go out and get them the album, the CD, whatever their musical form is that they're going to get out there and support you because we do believe in supporting our musicians around the country that are doing particularly positive work and I can tell from uh, the folks that you've got on your team as well as your own energy that you are definitely about some positive messages and some positive thoughts so if you would just share with us a little bit about the music and uh, where the music this particular album where it's coming from indeed indeed and thank you so much yes um, the, the album is definitely a journey kind of highlights the journey of it, it showcases the, the transition of yesterday and you know years ago from the beginning to today and what um, has come about from um, the different elements around hip-hop and what could happen to a woman such as myself who stands for the truth and um, and who does not um, roll with the flock I'm a leader, so I don't, you know, you won't hear me if a copycat in which it seemed like the industry has become a whole industry of copycats. Everybody talking about the same thing, everybody going after the same sound, everybody becoming more followers that's, that's made to be leaders. So, um, so my goal is to highlight a story of my whole 30-year experience and what comes along with the journey that I had from standing for something and for standing in, in, in my space and holding my lane um, and all that came along with that from what we spoke about as a woman, mother, grandmother, as a female artist, entrepreneur, um, as a woman who wanted a well-balanced experience in my life. So what I sacrificed and how I went about doing it and what came about from that. 
and at the same time, just really spreading information that helps lift people up and give them a different view of what they're getting from the music that's shoved in their face today. So I have a song on there called um, Queen Up. Um, it's a banger it's called Queen Up. Y'all really would enjoy that. If everybody follow my subscription of YouTube right now, if you subscribe to my channel, you could actually get the playlist, Rapidemic Truth. Um, my uh, YouTube subscription channel is Sugar-T, and again, there's multiple playlists of many of my albums in one of the latest, which is Truth Rapidemic. Um, you can definitely get a sneak preview because I do have it for listening there. And, um, again, Queen Up is one. I got one called New Money. Um, I love the New Money because it represents what our group, a little group um, tribute for me and my cousin, Be Legit. Um, a lot of people don't hear us on music that much anymore, me and the group as much, because we don't make a lot of singles. But this one will actually be a single and, you know, just to give people their click fix. <laughs> and then, of course, we got um, a whole bunch of host of um, actually songs and, um, you know, put some, some more of my skills in one place. I do have different albums that have different types of genre presentations, from blues to jazz to gospel to R&B. Um, but on this album, I kind of combined a combination of singing on there, and I think it it met, you know, it went perfect and just gelled in with the production and how it flowed through the album. So I think people will get to enjoy, you know, a multi-faceted experience um, where they get, you know, a full, well-rounded experience of... Um, you might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Life gets a lot more magical when you dream. So let's dream of a vacation unlike any other. A magical Disney cruise. <laughs> Hiya, pal! Where new stories meet tales as old as time. Enchanté, mon ami! And your family will be cared for the moment you step aboard. Sail from Florida to Disney's private island paradise and get ready for a dream come true with Disney Cruise Line. You know, of just their whole their whole soul touched. <laughs> so you can smash. Well, I want you to back experience. up. I want you to back up here for a second because you just said because I am definitely of the uh, you know I've followed hip hop. I've definitely followed the uh, sounds of hip hop, but I am a blues head, so I'm definitely a big fan of blues music and jazz. So you said you got some stuff in your repertoire that also includes some blues and some jazz. So you done already struck an interest in me because, like I said, I definitely enjoy the sounds of the hip hop and definitely enjoy the sounds of R and B. But I am also a blues and jazz head. So am I hearing you correctly? You got some music in there that uh, those of us that like the blues sound. Because I'm a southern soul kind of guy. I love my southern soul. You know, like that kind of. Uh, um, Miss Jody and uh, definitely Tyrone Davis and some of those folks, but I also love you know the classics like Buddy Guy and BB King. So you got something for us blues cats in your repertoire as well? Absolutely. So, so if you pull up a Taste of Sugar, it's a, it's an album called A Taste of Sugar. You can definitely enjoy some blues presentations. And then I have a new album called I have a new album 
called um, um, Sugar Sings the Blues, and so it's another hot one. Um, it's uh, it's called No More Blues. <laughs> so yeah, you could definitely. That's the purpose of me releasing all twenty albums is because I want everybody to hear the full um, fullness of what I've produced over the years and just bring it all to the forefront. So um, yeah, <laughs> you heard it well. Good. I'm glad to know that. I'm definitely going to pull it up and check it out because I am definitely a blues fan. And, you know, we've had the privilege of having two, um, I would consider y'all icons of the music industry on back-to-back weeks because this week we had uh, you on, and I believe it was last week, or if it wasn't last week, it was the week before, we had the privilege of having uh, Patrice Haas on, 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 and she is one of the peaches from Peaches and Herb because, as you know, oftentimes there will be multiple ones of those groups, whether it's the multiple stylistics or the multiple, uh, I think the Temptations might have more than one of their versions. And apparently Herb has stayed the same all through, but there have been a couple of peaches. So she, I believe, was either the third or the fourth one that was out there in the 90s. But uh, she's out there, I believe, in California as well. But she's, uh, or maybe she's over here on the East Coast. That's right. She's over here by the Maryland area, I believe. But she was on our show. So definitely great to have those of you that are definitely understanding the music industry and have gone through the music industry, sharing your experiences. So that's one of the questions I was going to ask really quickly is for both the entrepreneurs as well as the musicians that we do know. And by the way, I'm an old radio head. I've worked in, uh, I worked at a low power radio station in addition to doing the podcast, but I've also worked, um, and have had friends that have worked in the commercial radio. So I know what that whole industry is like on the radio side. And I think that it's gone even on the nonprofit jazz side and even in the kind of the college station side no not so much the low power and the internet stations i think that that's actually where the hope for the industry is but unfortunately even some of our um nonprofit jazz stations have got caught up into the industry and is what you call the machine kind of aspect of the industry so i think that that's one of the downfalls but just for folks that are entrepreneurs and who are um musicians and entertainers, what advice would you give for them in the 21st century? We are in July of 2020, so what advice would you give to folks that are trying to break into this industry? Don't depend on music. Um, It's the worst thing you can ever do because it's something you can't control. Learn as much as you can and find different ways to find your own audience. Sometimes having 50,000 Loyal followers is better than having a million followers that you damn near went broke for to try to reach, and they're just with you for the hype. I've seen people lose their houses, their cars, burn up their parents' retirements. Um, I mean, I've seen people get their draws pimped off of them. So, unfortunately... Um, I hate to be negative, but I'm just being real. You want the truth, I'm going to give you the truth. Um, Somebody has to tell the truth. So I say, you know, don't get caught up because if you become vulnerable, only chasing that, then that's when you start losing integrity and getting desperate because you don't have nothing else to rely on and because you didn't well-round yourself and do other things outside of just music. Um, And that's where, again, your whole integrity gets lost. So that's where you start going downfall, downhill and willing to do anything to get, to get a, get in the game and stay in the game. So put yourself in a, in a powerful place by learning knowledge. Knowledge is power. And um, if you want to get some more knowledge and, and you still want to use your inventions and innovativeness and 
visionary elements. And, you know, feel free to take one of my courses online, sprinklemeschoolofmusic.online. Again, sprinklemeschoolofmusic.online. It's a, it's a school for musicians and visionaries, um, and it's a place where you can get the truth as well as other skills. I have a women's academy. Um, it's for visionaries, creators, and entrepreneurs. I also have a boss-up academy for entrepreneurs, and there's also some music classes that give you some tools that you can still do music and, you know, add that to your repertoire. But, you know, coming in and doing it for fame and wanting to be seen and thinking you're going to be the internet star and Instagram star and all that kind of stuff, unfortunately, if you're not in it for the right reason, then, you know, you're going to be miserable. And um, and this is not an easy an easy industry to get used to because this is an industry that will rape you, make you rape you of your time, rape you of your um, of your of your um, integrity. Um, you're dealing with human beings of all different types. You know, people that that ain't made it themselves, or that's struggling themselves, or that want to block you, or that don't want to help, or don't want to share, or not able to share, or you know, it's just you got so many things that you have to depend on. So I say get as much knowledge as you can, you know, do it, but do it in moderation. Um, everybody don't have to be a star. You could be a star in your own lane. It don't got to be on TV. It don't got to be on the radio. It doesn't have to always be seen. There's so many places that are being ignored because everybody's chasing music in the in the industry. Um, there's so many other options to be successful. There's a technology world where people are begging people to come in and take $115,000 a year you know, of a consistent flowing income with flexibility and growth. There's so many, we need doctors, we need lawyers, we need nurses. You know, I I was really afraid during COVID. I'm like, dang, if I got sick, if they're saying that, you know, they're aiming towards certain people that they're trying to kill, shoot, I don't have no many options to go find no doctors that look like me. (laughs) So, or no dentist that might have a little, you know, mercy on, on, on us. So at the end of the day, you know, it made me see more than ever that, oh, my God, you know, I'd hate for this world to be full of rappers and singers and dancers and actors. It's like, where are the real people at? The real essentials, you know, the people that have the essential elements of life for us to survive and be a culture that's well-rounded and in all the industries that are in diverse, you know, that needs the diversity that's looking in, in need of the people that look like us in the industries, and it's not many. So everybody, you know, seems to be going towards wanting to be a rapper, a singer, a dancer, and they just dying to do it. And it's like um, what I say to you is, is don't shortchange yourself. You know, do other stuff too. <laughs> you know, um, enjoy other options. Enjoy, you know, look into other industries where you can maybe get behind the scenes, produce projects, produce a movie, produce TV, you know, produce things that you don't always have to depend on others but that you can learn the, the system and be able to still, you know, make some presence and be innovative, you know. And if it's not your calling, then you're just going to be miserable trying to do it. And next thing you know, you could be 50 or 60 years old and still haven't got to where you were supposed to get to, and you put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, that's a very good advice that you're giving folks. Definitely look into the other fields, look into the various kinds of fields that exist out there. Even in the music industry, I would argue that we need to look into other fields as well because I know even in the music industry, more and more of us are seeing these streaming shows, these streaming kind of platforms, which means that somebody's got to be there that knows how to do the streaming. So definitely I think that our brothers and sisters need to get the equipment so they can learn how to stream the shows and stream them effectively because I'm going to tell you the truth, and I know you've probably seen this 
them as well, Sugar T. Not everybody that's doing this knows what they're doing because I've seen some of these uh, streaming shows that are very badly done. So if we need to, if you can do it and do it effectively, then folks are going to be knocking on your door big time because they want to be seen in that most positive light. They don't want to see the. Uh, you know, the screens being shaken and the other kind of like things that we have seen in some of the bad streaming shows that are going on around the country, even from some of our major celebrities. So some of them don't know who to hire either. So they've been hiring some bad folks that are not giving them the best streaming as well. So that's one of the industries that I definitely think that we can look into. And that's just one of them that is technology based. But definitely I do know that as more and more of this goes on with folks doing more online learning, online classes, like you're all offering as well as even online performances that uh, there will definitely be a need for folks that are effective at this. One of the quick questions I was going to ask you, because we got about maybe 12 minutes before we wrap up everything, but do you feel what I said earlier that it isn't just commercial radio that has been letting down our local musicians, but it is also the fault of, say, public radio and some of our nonprofit radio stations as well, that they also have not been doing a good job of getting the word out or supporting their musicians that are out of the hip-hop generation or the blues generation or whatever else. Because I do find that some of our college stations are getting too caught up in the same kind of machine mentality that you were earlier referring Mm -hmm. to, where they might not be playing the same 15 songs. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're playing 30 instead of 15, but it's still the same concept. I totally agree with you. Um, You're totally right. Um, And that's why I say it's really scary for the people out there because, you know, they've gotten, they've basically found a way to capitalize off of everybody that's desperate pretty much, unfortunately. They found that, you know, they can make artists desperate. Uh, They've, excuse me, not make them, but they can find them vulnerable. Let me change my language. I'm sorry. But they find a vulnerable population of people who are willing to pay extra money. Um, There's, other people in these positions that took them that want to be artists that are not being fair because they really have not made it where they're trying to get to. Um, there's some people that should get past it. You know, us old gen- uh, generals, us OGs, us that's been around us that put in work, us that's been, that paid our way, that, you know, really worked hard and, and, and really brought innovation. It should be a no brainer for them to play our music. Um, as far as new artists, I think a lot of the newer artists do need to pay their way and invest in themselves because it shows some accountability of being able to appreciate, you know, what what what's there for them. And it's only right, especially if it's somewhat of a service. But in terms of them being commercial, I don't think that they should should have reverted into just acting like commercial radio. And yes, they are very you know funny style and picky, and they have their picks. Um, I'm thankful, you know, most of the time I can get a pass through them because of probably because of my history. But at the same time, I've had different circumstances and many people that I've seen, and even myself from time to time where they have been extremely commercial and kind of funny style towards really being right. They want to, they, they're moving with the flock. They're moving in fear. They're thinking, oh, we got to only play the, the popular artist that's right now on the radio or, you know, because this is what's being heard. They're losing the whole touch of them being independent and not falling into the block of the commercial industry. So, yes, I agree with you. 
Definitely. And I was also wondering, what do you think about the possibility of getting back out there in the performance market? Because I'm on the board of the Carolina Theater, which is here in Durham, North Carolina. It's a uh, thousand-plus seat theater. And I know even in terms of showing movies, we're saying that that might not happen till another month or two from now. And I know that definitely Broadway is shut down, and it's going to be shut down for the rest of the year. And I've heard speculation that even the big concerts may not actually happen till maybe the summer of 2021, if we're lucky, and it might not be till 2022. So uh, is that a concern that you have in terms of getting out there? I know a lot of what you're doing is getting to in front of your audience, in front of those many fans that you have already accumulated and everything. But are you concerned about the fact that some of the venues around the country will not be open for a while, whether it's in California, whether it's in New York, whether it's in even other parts of the globe? Not by any means. Um, I can give a rat's butt about if they ever open back up, to be honest with you, because they got so commercial and unfair about who they book in and, you know, and who's important and who's not, who's relevant and who's not. They made it so hard for us to make money, to be honest with you, um, who may not be considered A-listers. You know, I'm clear. I'm an A-list in my own space. I've created an A-list, you know, from the gate, all that I've put together. I feel good about that, no doubt. But at the same time, in the more, you know, terms, industry terms, and what industry has become the norm of an A-list, I know that I'm not. So they have not been fair to the non-A-listers anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't care if they never play no more concerts and shows because a lot of us didn't get fairly treated, me along with a lot of my colleagues, especially female colleagues that, you know, that paved the way and that put in work and that just, you know, had to take our time to balance our life because we became adults and mothers and you know, other things that women have been here to do, you know, and we, you know, instead of them applauding us and saying, wow, they still holding it down, they still doing their thing, they still looking good, they still representing, they still to rock, you know, they kind of just kind of put us on the shelf and just kind of make us, you know, put us up against the younger generation of females in hip-hop as if they're the ones that deserve, you know, to be considered the only relevant and they're the ones that only deserve to shine and get paid. So they kind of was blocking our pockets anyway. So I'm actually excited about the opportunity for reality to come into play. You can't fake this stuff no more. You can't, you know, just start a fight online and then now all of a sudden you're famous and get attention and get all the money and then everybody wants to come because you basically manipulated them into following you. Now you can separate the real from the fake. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that rah, rah, rah that's around you. If you do an online show, you can't. You know, you, you ain't got the rah, 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 and you can't, you can't represent, then you, you're not going to get the same response as you would on stage with all the rah, rah, rah around you, you know, that was put around you to hold you down. So I think it's a great opportunity for the truth to be told <laughs> and showed, and um, I have no concern because I have many roots of income, so that's the last thing I'm worried about. Um, hopefully people, other people will step up their game and people will be truthful and not, you know, turn into trying to find a vulnerable population and, you know, doing things again with a different agenda and start trying to um, take, you know, money and credibility and things from artists that do want to pay into the new age way of, of, um, of presenting talent. Hopefully they can be fair about it. Um, and I've been able to run across quite a few that have been fair about it. So um, so I'm not concerned. I'm actually happy. I was distant already. <laughs> I, I became an online distant person from the beginning because I'm really not, uh, I haven't had the privilege to just run around just because I kind of enjoy running my operations and doing the work I do outside of just music. And music is just, again, it ain't my first priority in life. So 
it's not a problem for me. <laughs> it's definitely, and I'm glad that you got that attitude. It's a very positive attitude to have with the industry and everything. So I definitely agree with you that, with that. And I hate that they're just now getting around to discovering some of the greats even in hip-hop. I'm actually one of those people that is, even in the old hip-hop, I think that one of our greatest legends, unfortunately, passed away many years ago was Gil Scott Heron. I'm always going to be a Gil Scott Heron fan, but, you know, some folks don't always give him his respect and his connection to the hip-hop industry. But then, you know, I also think that um, Strange Fruits, if you really listen to it, that could be considered a hip-hop song. But, you know, it wasn't discovered till well after the time that Billie Holiday had passed away that it got rediscovered and folks started, like, putting it back out there again. So I agree that uh, a lot of even our historical things, we're just now getting back to rediscovering and finding what those truths were about and how those truths are connected to what's going on even in this day. And I think that a lot of times a lot of the songs also have to – do even the past songs could even be fallen into different categories. Because like I said, I'm a blues head, but I also am a fan of hip-hop, a fan of jazz, a fan of all kinds of music. I'll even, I'll be honest, I'll even pull out a country album, maybe even a polka album every once in a while because I've worked festivals, so I know all these different styles of music. So I will pull out all kinds of styles and will enjoy them from time to time. But I have my favorites, which of course are the blues, the hip-hop, the jazz, the R&B, and stuff like that. But I'll go ahead and pull out some other albums as well that might not be the norm and I think that that's what more and more of us need to do but as we're getting ready to wrap up everything we got oh yeah I love country too and I love EDM music as well there's a lot of good music out here we should diversify and listen and see what's out here so good job yep Yep, I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, as we wind down, we've got about just a few more minutes, and we always wind down. We let our guest, and uh, Billy actually has unfortunately had to drop off because he had a Zoom call, but I will mention his website. But before, but after I get to what I want you to do, which is if you've got any like final thoughts or wisdom that you would like to share with our listening audience, the floor is yours. So like I said, if you've got any final thoughts that you would like to share with our listening audience, I would love to hear those thoughts. And also definitely give your website once again so that folks can find that website and know how to get in touch with you to connect with you on these various levels, whether it's the grandmas that I know that might want to find out about that grandma's organization, whether it's the entrepreneurs, or if you just want to give like a general website or a general place that they can find you, the floor is yours. For sure. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed my conversation. It's always good to get real. (laughs) That's the name of the show, right? (laughs) That's it. So, uh, Yeah, I um I always like to be able to communicate. Of course, as, as much as I enjoy that, I got a banging album called Rapidemic, The Truth, and you're gonna like it. It's also some bluesy and jazzy stuff on there as well. So, um so don't hesitate to listen. Um again, you can go to YouTube. Anybody subscribe to YouTube YouTube channel is Sugar Dash T. Anything that's Sugar Dash T, you'll find and pull up. So it'll Google my website, so it'll Google my enterprise site, it'll Google my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTube, um, as well as my Twitter. Um, every area of my um, presence in online will come up. So, um, again, it's Sugar Dash T and Sprinkle Me School of Music. Anything that you put in that has something to do with Sprinkle Me will come up as either the song or my online school or my online retail and boutique called Sprinkle Me. Um, boutique, so 
that's just easier instead of trying to remember everything. And be sure to follow me. Check my movement out and stay connected. I'm looking forward to your subscription so you can be able to enjoy the epidemic and discover the truth. I will definitely be subscribing, and hopefully you will do the same because I have a YouTube channel as well, Mr. Blues Radio 62 on YouTube, so we will definitely be subscribing to each other's channels. And by the way, um, like I said, I will let – Folks know about Billy's website as well. It's thebumpexperiment.com. He said, our mission, if you are ever in the position to do something for someone, be it your time or money, do it without expecting anything in return. So the website for Billy is thebumpexperiment.com, and I do know he's going around spreading this message of kindness, respect, and honoring others throughout the nation and throughout the world. So it is definitely a message that I know a lot of folks can hear. So definitely it sounds like we got two messages that were very powerful and very much needed for this day and time. So definitely I'm glad to have both Sugar T on the show. Glad that Eris was able to connect us with another great guest because we've had a couple of them, including King Wojak and some others. So definitely was glad to have this particular guest join us from California. And I think that Eris has already been in touch with me about a few more folks also that will be uh, joining uh, this particular uh, show, coming on with me and Dean at Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. So definitely looking forward to having some more of those folks that come out of that connection. And by the way, just really quickly for folks that are not aware of her, and I had asked King the same question, how did you and Eris connect? I know she's a younger hip-hop head, and she comes from, I believe, living in Hawaii now, but how did y'all make a connection? Did she find you? Did you find her? But how did y'all actually connect? Um, Eris is one of my mentees. Um, she is, again, one of my mentees that I um, that I chose to be of inspiration too. She uh, is from California, so um, she's not from Hawaii. So she was from here, and she's always been a part of hip hop and very respectful to women in hip hop and very respectful to the generals in hip hop as pioneers. So I chose her because she can relate to both generations, and she carries a certain amount of respect and appreciation, um, you know, for me and people like me. And that's that's how we stay connected. Well, I'm glad that y'all made that connection. Sounds like it's a very powerful connection, and y'all will continue to build this movement. That's at least what I'm feeling is that this is a movement that is taking place around the country of positive people doing positive things, and uh, we're trying to highlight a lot of that movement here on Trade Talk with Dean and Mark, so definitely look forward to having some more amazing guests. I'll tell you who some of those guests are, but right now I need Dean to come over and uh, talk to us about some of our platforms while I look for those guests, and then he might even, uh, I'll also have him come back and give us his famous closing words that he does on all his shows, but while I'm looking for that, uh, Dean, you got any thoughts about having uh, one of these great legends with us here while I'm over here trying to find out what I've got for our guests the next week and everything before we get to your famous closing lines that you do on all of the shows that you are part of, but before we get to that, you got any thoughts about us having this conversation with this great lady of hip-hop that we've been having this conversation with on this particular evening. Bruh, it's always a pleasure and a blessing to have royalty join us, you know, and and to have um, someone of your magnitude to come and bless our show. We greatly appreciate it. So thank you again for riding with us for these past two hours, and we definitely appreciate you, Sugar. Well, thanks for having me. I have a grocery shop since talking to you guys. I've dropped off some stuff at my office. I came home and dropped off some stuff to my mom and my grandkids. And 
Um, and we did a good job. So thank you for putting up with me moving around. <laughs> so you, you do it. <laughs> See, she did all of that. And in the song, it said, all gas. No breaks. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so she was she was multitasking big time. We were talking about how you do all these things while you doing just on the like the industry side of doing the various right. like enterprises. But she was doing day to day living while doing the show with us. Because like I think I think I heard her say that she dropped off some stuff to her mom, was dealing with her grandparents, went grocery shopping, and also <laughs> still maintaining the conversation with us while driving back and forth to these various locations. So I'm even more yes, impressed because she was like doing. Do Oh, I and got my office, office and my assistant was there working, and I dropped her off some food and answered some questions for her <laughs> along the so, way. <laughs> in addition to handling business, like her, like again, back to the song, everybody needs a little sugar, honey. So you know what I mean? That's that's she she making it happen, bro. You can't say nothing about it. I'm sitting here looking at the wall. She's out there making it happen. So, you know, like, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at her either. I'm just impressed that she did all of that stuff. And and wait a minute. We got to be honest. But while she was doing that, because she did all of that, she did the radio show with us, and she was thinking about launching another enterprise. Because she, remember, somewhere in the conversation, all three of us were talking about getting into the hair weave vending business. So she's also thinking about the future, not just the present, where she's dealing with all of this stuff, and the past, which is, you know, what she's already dropped and everything. But she's already planning, like, five steps ahead, or maybe ten miles or thousand miles ahead. So, yeah, this lady is like... Super incredible. That's all I got to say. We got another super incredible person that's going to be joining us next week because I did tell you I would find out who our guest is next week. He's supposed to be on two weeks ago, but, you know, he's busy running the campaign. So I have re-talked to him, and as best that I can understand, Ronnie Chatterley, who is an Indian-American. That's right. His family uh, roots are from the uh, country of India, but he is running for the state office of treasurer here in North Carolina. So, you know, he's going to be okay. breaking down what it's like to be an Asian-American running for a state office in a southern state. This ought to be real interesting because, you know, a lot of times folks have a hard enough time dealing with brothers and sisters trying to run for office. And this is going to be an right. Asian brother talking about running for a state office. And not just any state office. Notice I said state treasurer. That means that he's going to be running for an office that is in control of your money. So he's going to be trying to be in control of the money, okay. and he's Asian-American. Oh, this ought to be real deep. So we're going to get into a conversation with him. I've got a couple of other folks that I'm also talking to that might be joining us as well out of the entrepreneurship and the creative field. But I do believe our main guest on next Monday will be Ronnie Chatterley. So looking forward to that conversation and seeing what that's going to be about as he's running for this major state office and everything. And I need you to dig me up some New Jersey officers and some New Jersey politicians. You did bring me the one guy that is thinking about running for office, but I need some more. I need to be fair to you. I can't be doing I can't be doing all North Carolina people. I gotta be fair to my other folks as well. But you know what? All right, all right, you gonna try to make me work now. Like, all right. You know what? Okay. We'll we'll, we'll get that done, bro. We'll get it done. You know what I mean? Well we go 
We're going to get that done. But in the meantime, we're about ready to wrap everything up. Tell folks, Dean, about all these great yeah. platforms that we're on. And I want to hear that closing line that you do on both our show as well as the Let's Talk About It show. Because you do have that powerful line that you are always dropping to folks. So I, I think people probably mutter it in their sleep. So that's just my thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, y'all? It, 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 all right. Well, Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, you know what I'm saying, every Monday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget our replay tomorrow afternoon on the Skyhawk Radio Network. That'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you miss those, then you'll find us at the following platforms for replays. Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Podfollow, and right here on Blog Talk Radio, we are part of the Level Podcast Network. Again, it's Straight Talk with Dana Mark. It's the Six Man Dane Geronimo, and like I always say, when you walk outside your front door, it's showtime, and the world is your stage. Just make sure that people are not watching the rehearsal. With that being said, it's Six Man Dean Geronimo signing out. Have an outstanding week. We see y'all in seven days. Sounds great. We look forward to another amazing discussion in seven days. And until that time, we'll just have you check out all the great programs on the Next Level Podcast Network because we just got all kinds of amazing conversations. There's no telling what might come out of Mona's mouth because Mona is always giving us some amazing insight. I know that Dean is enjoying those conversations that she's having on a regular basis. And I know a lot of other folks are enjoying some of the other shows that we've got, including She's Mm -hmm. On Call, where the doctors are giving us all kinds of medical advice. And we got some other folks that are like us. They are not afraid to speak the truth just the way that Sugar T did. So you can get the truth right here at our network pretty much every day of the week. I think there might have been a couple of days that we might have not programmed something or another, but that's a rarity. It's not the norm. Usually there's something happening just about every day of the week. And whether it's me and Dean or whether it's one of our partners in crime, you can be guaranteed there's going to be a lot of truth coming your way. That's for sure. Keep it locked right here, y'all. We'll see y'all. Have a great week. Stay cool. Drink that water. That's what see, I gotta work on that. But drink that water. Stay cool. That's right, she better. That's right. Uh oh. Uh oh. See, she got me. She got me. <laughs> she got me. <laughs> Good job. Good job. We'll go work on that. You know what I mean? But look, y'all. We appreciate all of y'all. See y'all next week, man. Peace. Yes, y'all.
The new Macy's Backstage at the center at Preston Ridge is now open. Here's the deal. Our name says Macy's, but Macy's Backstage has totally different finds at incredibly low prices. Think the latest looks, home decor, toys, and more. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase, except gift cards, services, and fees. So join us at the new Macy's Backstage at the center at Preston Ridge. Off price, on trend, arriving daily. More at Macy'sBackstage.com. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com.